Hello and welcome to another Ice Energy podcast. My name is Ben Lee. Uh, this is our weekly podcast where we wrap up what's been going on this week. Today, here with me are Tom Isaac Manser, uh, the editor of our gas publication, and Joachim Moxon, who specialises in power markets uh, and reporting there. There's been some big news this week on the power side with prices spiking, but also some big news in terms of industry events going on on the gas side. But first, I guess we'll start off with power. Uh, Joachim, what was the story this week? I understand prices were spiking. Um, yeah, what happened? Yeah, it's been called the uh, the most expensive day of the year. Uh, it was uh, the contract for delivery on Thursday, which saw significant spikes both in um, France and Germany. In France, there was a strike ongoing, which obviously uh, put a lot of pressure on supply. Uh, in Germany, they had a combination of various factors. So the there was very little wind in the system. We had a, a load factor of about 5% on that day. Uh, and it was also quite cold in continental Europe on that day. One explanation for why prices were so high in Germany had to do with traders preparing for the event. So there's a lot of traders going long, expecting this to be the most expensive day of the year, uh, leaving very few buyers left on the market uh, on the day ahead. Uh, that's causing even higher prices. I see. How high do the prices go and how does that compare to what's been happening in recent times? On the over-the-counter market, we saw pr- prices on the baseload side of 55 uh, euros per megawatt hour and on peaks over 70 uh, euros per megawatt hour, if I remember correctly. That's a difference of about 20 euros on the baseload side and 30 euros uh, on, on the peak side, if you compare with the contracts for delivery on the day after. Okay, um, so that sounds like quite a big jump then. I mean, is that something we can expect to see going forward over the rest of winter, um, or was it a one-off event? At the moment, temperature seems to be on the rise. Uh, there's quite a lot of wind expected for next week. The general consensus among traders is that this uh, is, is a bit of a one-off event. Um, the exchanges also settled considerably lower than the OTC on that day, um, by a factor of about five, six euros. Well, I guess that's the the pricing side of things. Power prices have been typically very weak going into the winter. And this part of this is due to an oversupply of gas in Europe, which has pressured power prices because gas is a feedstock fuel for some types of power generation. So switching from pricing more to sort of fundamentals, Tom, uh, you were at this uh, European gas conference in Vienna this week. What were the main sort of themes coming out of it? Well, just as you say, really, the, the apparent lack of demand going forward long term on, on the, in the gas market versus the potential oversupply that we could see from US LNG and indeed from additional Russian gas. The conference has a, has a very uh, large presence for, for Gazprom, the, 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 the big exporter from Russia and they were certainly talking about how they are looking to build Nord Stream 2. Uh, Nord Stream 2 is a a proposed pipeline that would follow the existing Nord Stream pipe which goes directly from Russia into Germany underneath the Baltic Sea. So uh, a big question is really from many uh, participants of the conference as to whether we really need this. Is, Is there demand out there that warrants an extra pipeline or is it more strategic? So this Nord Stream 2 pipeline, when would it actually come online if it was to uh, happen? Well, it, I mean, we've, we've not seen any sort of FID, uh, final investment decision, but um, the Gazprom is always quite clear that it's able to develop these projects pretty fast. But by the end of the decade, would be, wouldn't be unreasonable thought if it does go ahead. I think one of the main reasons for that is because actually there's a lot of, in terms of the engineering and planning, that doesn't need to happen because it's, it's, it's tracing a pipeline that was only built within the last 10 years. So many of the engineering aspects will just be a replication of what's gone before. I see. 
Um, so going back to that question, is it needed? Uh, what was the consensus at the conference? I suppose in terms of an outright demand outlook, there is, I'd say, some scepticism. But the the question really is why that Gazprom would like to build this pipeline and their strategy is very much to reduce the transit route that goes through Ukraine as a, as a route to market for its European customers. So it wants to have direct access to its customers so that there is no transit state uh, that it has to use on, on, on the whole. But on the flip side, we, as I mentioned before, there's the question of US LNG. So it is perceived that as the, uh, the trains in the US ramp up over the next two or three years, that a lot of the additional gas will come to Europe. So even if that's the case, then then that begs the question, what is the role that Russia is going to have in three or four years' time, assuming demand does not begin to really pick up? Well, thanks for that. I think we'll um, wrap up there. But just to summarise, well, this week we saw power prices spike, but since then they've come down again, and it looks like energy markets in Europe are well supplied going forward. And this has raised questions about future pieces of infrastructure. But these are all issues which uh, we'll be covering at ISIS going forward. So if you'd like to find out more information, please go to isis.com. Thank you. Bye.